What's up, witches, and welcome to Witch Space. I'm Gemini. And I'm Scorpio. And today we have, I think it's going to be a really good table talk. It's all about counterfeit decks, counterfeit work, and how it's affecting the witch community and the witch adjacent. You know, whether you are um, a witch creator or not, if you're a witch, you've got somebody's deck. Question is, where did you get it? And is it actually their deck? Are you actually supporting the artists and the creators behind the divination system that you love? So today we have three artists and creators who are here to talk about just how important this topic is. And let's take a minute and have you guys introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm MJ. Um, my name is Margo, but I am the artist behind MJ Cullinane, and I'm the creator of the Crow Tarot, as well as the Wise Dog, Grimalkin's Curious Cats, Urban Crow Oracle, for Hexa Tarot, uh, Ravenstream, Roar. I mean, I make a lot of decks, so you probably have seen at least one of them somewhere. Hi, yeah? okay. I'm Monica Bogierski. Um, I'm a tarot and oracle artist and author. I'm the creator of the Shadowland Tarot, the Shadowland Lenormand, House of Shadows series, and Between the Worlds, uh, Shadowcasting Oracle, and a few others. And I've been an active member of the Tarot and Oracle and Witching community for a very long time. And this is a topic dear to my heart. So thank you very much, Scorpio, Gemini, uh, MJ, and Sasha. I'm just really excited to be here and to discuss this very, very important uh, topic. Hi, my name is Sasha Graham, and I am a tarot writer and a tarot deck author and creator. Um, I've written, I think, over 10 tarot books, and then I'm also the creator, the author of uh, Tarot of the Haunted House, Tarot of the Witch's Garden, um, the Darkwood Tarot, and the soon-to-be-coming-out Vampire Tarot. So we... We had Monica reach out to us and say, hey, this is a topic we really want to talk about. And I think that it not only aligns with witch space in general, but it aligns with a lot of what we're seeing in the community. And hilariously enough, as I was doing my prep for this, I was looking for, you know, who's been talking about it. And obviously we've seen posts by like major publishers, US Games, Liminal 11 has come out talking about it. But one of the things that I saw before we started talking was a post from the author of Crow Tarot about a, a direct experience of seeing counterfeit decks. And I was wondering if that, if you'd be willing to share a little bit about that with our audience, because it was really powerful for me oh. to read and to see sure. you going through it sort of in real time. Sure. I mean, this has happened quite a few times, actually. I, if I go to a farmer's market here in Seattle, I find them. If I go to any sort of, um, you know, like event where they have boots set up and somebody has tarot decks, I have found my my counterfeit deck. But the one that I think irked me the most because of being part of the witch community was going to the witch market and seeing other, like people who obviously love my work selling counterfeit copies and then for the most part, I have to say that they were very gracious. When I when I went up to them, I said, hey, um, you know, that deck, <laughs> that that's not a legitimate deck. And they're like, what are you talking about? I bought that deck. I'm like, no, it, you know, it's counterfeit. And here's the reasons why. And I, I would break it down. I'm like, it comes in a tuck box. There's a QR code. It's smaller. The quality is, mm -hmm. I mean, frankly, it's shit. It was, it was 
disheartening because on one hand you have these people who are really into your artwork mm -hmm. and then on the other hand when you ask them well where did you buy that and they're like oh I bought it for four dollars on Timu and it's like what I'm sorry but how does that support the artist mm -hmm. so those the people that I met at the first witches mark market here they took the they took my crow decks down they didn't take the other counterfeit decks down though but they did promise me they were going to stop selling counterfeit versions of my deck. And I, I'm like, I'm thinking, well, God, what if the creator of Hush Tarot was there? What if, you know, the other decks mm -hmm. that, you know, would we should all just confront these people. But I did have an experience at the last market where a woman got angry with me and was just like, you know, kind of like poo-pooed me. I'm like, well, as a creator, you're selling counterfeit work. And here's the thing. If I were to open up a store at the mall and I said, I am only going to sell counterfeit handbags, shoes, you know, bootleg copies of CDs. Uh, you know, that's how old I am. You know, it's like the store would be shut down. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, people are like, oh, it's okay to buy a deck off of Timu for $4. And that's where my anger, my frustration. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I know um, I'm not alone in this experience. And Sasha and Monica, have you also experienced that directly of like seeing the counterfeits yourself? I, I actually recently within the last year uh, went to an event for Tarot of the Witch's Garden when it was released um, at a wonderful store with a great owner who I have one respect for and I love the community there. And on the display of all of my things included tiny counterfeit decks and I was so shocked because I could tell when I said to her, I said, the Darkwood Mini didn't come out yet. How? And that, and it hit me. Right. It, and I think that for any of us and anybody who's ever had anything stolen from them can relate to that feeling of being punched in the gut of like, mm -hmm. and really, did this just happen? Right. So I'm expected to be gracious. I'm, I'm there representing the decks and my publisher. And I, I don't want to freak out. And I can see by that. I said, who did you order these from? This didn't come from Llewellyn. You know, and I understand these are small business owners. I understand, you know, everybody is trying to, to make some money. And and I could tell in the look in her eyes, she knew what it was and she had forgotten. And I think her employees had put it out. So she gave me all the decks. Mm -hmm. um, but it just really goes to show you and with everybody's point about so many that are for sale at, at witches market that, that, that somehow people know it's one thing. If it's an accident, if your mom like buys you, mm -hmm. you know, a deck without knowing, um, but it's quite another to willingly be selling things that are stolen, that are illegal. And it, it, we make, it, it is so hard to make a living doing what we do to begin with. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, it's heart, it's heartbreaking and it, it, it hurts in a way that's, yeah, it just hurts. Yeah. And I can totally relate to MJ and Sasha. I've been um, basically fighting this for 10 years now. Uh, the first time it happened was I think 2013 with a small self-published deck. I found it online from somebody who was selling these decks and I told them to take that down that I hadn't sold them. I wasn't wholesaling them. They were just a small indie deck. And it started there. And ever since I've been doing what I can everywhere I see a deck, no matter whose deck it is, I check to see if the publisher's name is there in counterfeit decks, apart from the QR code and the really bad quality that MJ is talking about, which is bad enough 
as it is, or the pocket, phantom pocket size that Sasha mentioned, which I've had for my deck too, um, what's really uh, apparent is that there's no publisher mentioned. And these are major publishers. Uh, you would recognize their names and I ask people to check. I know that's difficult for self-published decks in indie, but what you will find is if you check the QR code when you're shopping retail, you hold your phone up to it and you check the website, it is a dead link. Mm -hmm. So I would just tell the listeners before you purchase, if you're not 100% sure, because some people are using QRs, that you check. If it doesn't go anywhere, uh, and how did I find that out? Because I get lots of emails saying, hi, I just bought your Shadowland Tarot and there's no book. There's no guide. Oh, yeah. And I'm going, well, you know, if uh, anyone's seen the deck, it is in a very large box with a magnet flip top to it. It is not in a small tuck box. And I say there's a 210 page full color paperback that accompanies it. And they go, oh, well, uh, could you just point me to the PDF? And I have to explain to them that they've purchased uh, an illegal copy. And MJ, I'm kind of jealous. Four dollars, huh? Uh, mine were going for $1.79 on AliExpress. So oh, some of mine were too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right? I've seen them. Yeah, I've seen the wise dog for $1.27. I'm like, but I just have to say, I have to call out people here who buy these decks because you have to use some cognitive thinking. I mean, if you know how much paper costs, you know it takes time and effort and money to have labor, create these things. How do you think that you're buying something for $1.27 that took an artist months to create? You know, like, do, like, do they think that people are actually getting paid? It, it, it's like, or do they think they're actually going to get the deck? Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, I, I'm just, it baffles me that they I would think that you. it's a legitimate deck. You know, MJ, I noticed this and I've told people to be careful because I've done, I've done a YouTube video on counterfeit decks as well, but I've told people you have to be really careful. These folks are getting super crafty about this. And I found fake accounts on uh, Instagram saying that, oh my gosh, we're going out of business. We bought way too much stock. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm poor and I'm broke and I just have to get rid of all of these decks. And so they've got the original retail price from the publisher and then they've got it marked down to like $4.99. Oh my gosh, I've gone out of business. And people by and large, I think, you know, take these things in good faith. And mm -hmm. even the ones who are doing their research, and I'm not defending people who knowingly buy illegitimate or illegal decks, but when people are being this con artist about the whole thing, mm -hmm. it gets really difficult. And mm -hmm. I go into retail shops. I've gone into Salem. I've gone into a recent mm -hmm. uh, Prince Edward Island trip that we took. And I'll walk into a retailer, New Age shop, and see a whole pile of counterfeit decks and I will talk to the owner and say, you know, these are illegal. And once you know that you're carrying illegal goods, you might not want, oh, I don't know, Disney coming after you, for example. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't mind using the <laughs> their, their name 
because I find a lot of decks like the Hocus Pocus deck and other decks mm -hmm. that are counterfeit. And I think, well, even if you're not carrying the Shadowland Tarot, I, I still think that, you know, you should be aware of what's going on. And for the most part, I think people take them off the shelves, but they don't want to lose money. And it comes down to money, mm -hmm. right? Well, I don't care if they lose money, to be honest. I mean, to be quite frank, they Preach. bought something knowingly. It was stolen. They know that my artwork was yeah. stolen and they're making money from it. So if they lose money, tap tatas. I mean, they literally steal people's artwork by selling counterfeit goods. I, I, I'm like, I know. Sorry. I know this is, <laughs> it's a terrible thing. But you know what I, I read on Reddit was a discussion about how tarot artists and publishers not so much us as individuals but the publishing industry makes so much money that they don't care that they are getting a bargain right they don't think they're stealing from us they are seeing us as this large corporate entity who is gouging mm -hmm. the heck out of them and they get this bargain and they deserve it and a couple of people said I know for a minute, I felt bad for the artist. And then I thought, oh, well, what the heck? I'm poor. Can we talk about that for a minute? What does it look like as artists and creators of tarot decks behind the scenes, right? You are not major publishers. So how, how does this process work for you in comparison to, yeah, maybe the publisher's making bank, but mm -hmm. you guys are just people creating decks. Can, I can say that like I have my decks published through US Games as well as Hay House. And the money that I make on those decks, which by the way, I haven't seen a penny from um, my royalties from Hay House yet. And they have Urban Curl Oracle, Grimalkin, and For Hexa. It is not, let me just be clear here. It is not enough money to pay rent, to pay bills. It is literally like, it's the, when I get that check from US Games, I'm like, oh, maybe we'll go away for the weekend, you mm -hmm. know, or it's like fun money, you know, oh, maybe I'll actually get my gutters cleaned and, and do like, mm -hmm. you know, some house maintenance, you know, kind of things. It's not a living wage at all. And I think there's that misconception that, oh, well, your stuff is in every single bookstore. You must be making a lot of money. You must be, I, I live in a small house with a one bathroom. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. oh my God, no. And they're stealing from people who literally live month to month. And, and for example, like, I, I just like to share like the Darkwood Tarot from the very beginning, from the moment I wrote the proposal and submitted it to Llewellyn until the completed deck came out and hit the market was about four and a half years, yep. four and a half years of my life where not only was I working diligently back and forth with the artist, but that I also serve not only as the author, but um, kind of as the project manager mm -hmm. of the deck between myself, the art department, the acquisition editor. Do you know, I'm not getting paid per hour like the editors, mm -hmm. like the employees of Llewellyn, right? I am getting paid purely on, on my royalties, which is a, a just a hair's breadth. So, so I don't think that, I don't know. I, I think, yeah, like to your point that people see it in a store and go, oh, well, like she's in a store, they're in a store, like they must be doing great or, oh, it must be, if people are ripping you off, it must mean that you're successful. No, it means that we're doing our jobs and we're not getting, and, and we're being stolen from. 
Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely, Sasha. I couldn't agree more. And, you know, it's, it's, we work on spec basically, you know, when I'm making 78 pieces of art for a tarot deck, I'm trying to make a living doing other things in between because basically you're working on spec, meaning you're doing it all for free ahead, hoping to mm -hmm. get some residuals or royalties from it, which doesn't amount to a whole heck of a lot. Uh, for us as creators, we put all our time and effort into this. And I think the disconnect is people's perception of um, the industry. And it, it is my hope that in educating people and in telling retailers and, and doing posts like MJ and Sasha's also talked about this, which is why I wanted to talk to you both as well, you know, is the grassroots of it all and awareness uh, we just have to because they're very sophisticated in the way they are mass producing counterfeit decks. I found mm -hmm. them, um, my deck and other people's decks. I would suggest you check Etsy if you are a creator. Mm -hmm. uh, and I've told people in messaging, please take down that deck. And I've gotten into arguments. People are telling me that I don't know what I'm talking about and that this is the pocket version. And I'm going, wait. Uh, there's no such thing and there will never be such a thing. So, you know, and, and they'll argue, but it won't stop me from, you know, being a pain. And I will continue to, to tell anybody who is listening to consider the fact that we are creators and we are artists and we do this for the love of it. And we are passionate about this. We are not doing it for the money, mm -hmm. you know, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, I, I want to say that actually I am. I am doing it for the money because this is my profession. And just like a doctor wants to get paid, a lawyer wants to get paid. If you own a store, you want to get paid. This is what I do. I'm a single parent. I take care of my child with the money that I make as an artist. This is my chosen profession. And I think there's this misconception that, well, if you enjoy doing art, art is seen as something that's frivolous in many ways, that we don't deserve to be paid for it. But we bring joy, just like a, an actor. Mm -hmm. brings joy on the screen we bring joy when you're holding your deck or you're getting insight from your words like you know the book that you write Sasha that instills someone with an idea right that you're bringing something to the table you should be paid for it oh absolutely just like a therapist or just like anyone mm -hmm. else deserves to be paid and that's the thing it's like I I am doing this for the money because this is where my talents are if I was a talented doctor I'd be a doctor you know but I'm not I suck at that so oh no I agree with you MJ I yeah. don't mean to interrupt but no, I in no, no I, way was implying that I don't want to get paid please do not have that on the air oh, no, I no, definitely no, no. am doing no. this to get what I know but I think that is the I think that is the the perception by a lot of people yeah. and I think that's how they justify it when they buy a, a counterfeit deck and they're like well you know they really they love making all the artwork it brings them joy so you know they're not doing they're you know like it's like we're all these like little art philanthropists you know like oh here take my work take my work it's not no. like that yeah. No, you know, and I'm yeah. actually a trained designer and a graphic designer. I have been making commercial art for uh, over 35 years now. So no, I expect to be paid for my hard work. Right, oh, you went to college I, for it, right? You, yes, I'm sure you, absolutely. You, you and I taught at university for yeah. it. But 
I think I, I, I really agree with your point there that people think if you love it, it precludes wanting to be paid. And those two things are completely, they have nothing to do with one another. You would hope you love your work. Um, right. But the idea that we are getting wealthy immediately from having a deck in a store is what I am trying to address here. Yeah. This misconception mm -hmm. that we are making the bulk of the profit uh, from these decks is what I'm trying to fight against and give some awareness of. And that yes, we deserve to be paid well for what we're doing here, but people don't seem to understand that and I agree with you. They think if you love it, you don't need to be paid. That's a whole nother uh, problem in the industry, I think. I had someone in an exchange through Instagram tell me that they don't buy counterfeit decks to use, like for readings and stuff, but they buy them for craft projects. And that just that incited me. <laughs> like, oh my goodness. I was like, you bought my artwork to use so that you can use it as a craft project, you know? Like, how does that justify it? So mm -hmm. I think, you know, there's also this idea, well, if I'm not using it for doing readings because the energy is bad, I personally believe that you buy a counterfeit deck, you the the reading that you get is going to be crap. But they justify it like, well, because I'm just using it to make, you know, placemats or whatever, you know, and it's like, it's still stealing. Mm -hmm. And it's still a crime. And for the record, if you're caught selling counterfeit goods, that's illegal. It's a, it's a finable offense. And I think it's something like $250,000 per offense. So I don't know why we don't apply that, like that logic that they apply to handbags and other things to our work. I just know? wanted to bring in a little, it's like some tips for the community. We're talking about witches on here and if we're talking about shops, hold the shops accountable. If you're shopping somewhere and the excuse of, well, times are tough and I have to make money. The most reputable shops will do a couple of things. One, they'll find other ways. They'll bring readers in to read, to make money. They will host mm -hmm. events so they can make money. And the really good shops, if you keep going and they see you don't have money. I mean, we have a shop in Nyack, Modern Druid. She actually has decks. You can't take them. But if you wanted to learn there, you could. So it's not like you have to have all this money. You can start by going to a reputable shop that will have decks out there. And you know what? If you keep going and all you can afford is an incense or a candle, at some point that shop owner is going to go, you really have connected with this deck. Take mm -hmm. this. You will have an actual deck, not some cheap reproduction. So we have to not just back you guys up, but we have to also support the mm -hmm. stores that are doing the right thing by you guys, right? So mm -hmm. if you see they're not doing the right thing, don't just walk out. Tell them you're selling counterfeit decks. I'm never coming back to it anymore. And I'm going to let people know. Mm -hmm. And put them on blast. Go on your social media and say, don't shop here. If you're in this area, they're selling counterfeit decks, right? The reputable shops always make sure that somebody who needs a deck is going to get that deck, whether they can afford it or not. Like seriously, they're going to get it. And mm -hmm. for everybody else, if you're spending hundreds of dollars on crystals, leave the crystals alone already. Stop taking from the earth and buy yourself the deck that you want. I wanted to just bring up that counterfeit decks, especially counterfeit decks, which are bought online, it's actually a really wonderful opening for people to kind of recognize how to kind of have 
a good internet digital hygiene for the people that that, that need to know, number one, where they're purchasing from. Number two, all of us in the metaphysical community, we, we've had our fake accounts copied and we've all been had imitators and bots pretending to be us reaching out. And it's, it's a terrible way for people to learn their lesson. Know who you're talking to, mm-hmm. know who you're shopping from. Um, but it really does also have global implications. There are entire markets around the world with which tarot has not yet saturated. And I I think that this is forever a game changer for places that perhaps even our publishers are not selling that will now be distributing and selling illegal debt. Mm-hmm. So it it is protecting of um I I practicing good internet hygiene, knowing like, and I feel like people who accidentally buy or receive a stolen deck. I would imagine, and I've seen it when I've told people, oh, that's an illegal deck if your mom got it from Timu. They have that same reaction that I had when I first saw, oh my God, I'm embarrassed and I'm sorry. So anybody who feels like that, sometimes when you're embarrassed and hurt, you want to double down and defend yourself. Let it be an opening to share with people how to protect yourself when you're purchasing goods online. Let this be something that's actually can can spread awareness. Um, because I can't, I mean, unless we could all do it like a marvelous class action suit. Um, um, which- yes, <laughs> yes. I've already reached out to an attorney about this. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm down, I'm down. <laughs> Come <Count me> in. <laughs> I think that this brings up a really good point. One of the things that I was also looking at as I was sort of preparing for this, is there are so many options available for people who maybe don't have money for a deck. And I mean, there are decks you can buy that are hundreds of dollars. I understand how sometimes cost is prohibitive, but there are Facebook groups that, you know, you can share tarot decks. There are Reddit threads. There, There's, you know, sort of buy nothing mm-hmm. for metaphysical people. And so I, to your point about internet hygiene, it's also about internet community, because I think a lot of times we treat the metaphysical community as like a series of Instagrams that we follow and like occasionally comment on, but building community is also interacting with your peers. It's joining that Facebook group and saying, oh, I really love the Crow Tarot. Does anybody have a Crow Tarot? Or, you know, I have, I have a couple of Monica's decks. I'm going to send them like you can you can interact with other people. Other people exist and they're mm-hmm. mostly kind of nice. And if you talk to them about the things that you're passionate about, you can create a community there that is not only beneficial to you, you're getting a deck, but it's also protective of the community. And when we had um, Laura Tempa Zakroff on, she was talking about, you know, Llewellyn is a major publisher for the metaphysical community. It's not a major publisher for publishing. It's, it's a pretty small portion of the market. So even if you're publishing with some of the biggest publishers in the metaphysical space, you're still not JK Rowling. You're still not, you know, it's not like Simon and Schuster coming out and being like, hey, we have a whole this. We're still a small market. And so we really should be treating it like a community, right? You guys have the opportunity, unfortunately, to like be a community in a lawsuit, but that could also be something that the people who love your decks can say, you know what, they came together to protect themselves. We should come together to protect them as well. I love this idea of creating, and I never thought about that, of creating a group 
where um, even like with my own Facebook following or Instagram following where, where members could share decks or if somebody didn't connect with the deck, you know, every once in a while yeah. you'll have someone who's like, oh, I like this deck, but I didn't like that deck, which is fine, you know, um, but then they can give it or gift it to someone else. And I love that if they're, you know, if they know that there's someone out there who would love that deck instead, instead of having it sit on the shelf, which I, I mean, how many of you guys have decks? Like I have a bookshelf of decks that I buy at the store because I'm like, ooh, mm-hmm. I'm like, I love that box, you know? And then I get it home, I'm like, eh, it's okay. You know, I'll, 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 I appreciate each card for the artwork, you know, sometimes, but I might not use it for readings. And so it's kind of nice to have that idea of having a community where you could be like, well, you know, let's pass it forward, you know, instead of ditching it, you know, or, or, you know, asking for a return with the artist, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe like pay it forward and give it to someone who um, would like it. Our audience knows that I am notoriously (laughs) anti-capitalism, but I also am a hoarder. And so I would like to, I'm, I just am talking like directly to our audience right now. Because I know that there are people out there who are listening to us who are just like me and have way too many decks or way too many crystals or way too many whatever. And we all need to be really, we need to really just take a minute. Everybody take a deep breath with me. Did you buy the deck because you needed the deck or did you buy the deck because you wanted to spend money? And if you bought the deck because you wanted to spend money, pass it on to somebody who's really going to use it. We don't have to, like, I don't have to sit here with my 15 to 40 tarot decks and do nothing with them. I can be the member of the community that reaches out and says, take this, take this deck. Mm -hmm. I'm not using it. You need it. To answer, do I need it? This little goth heart is going to need that vampire tarot the minute it comes out. (laughs) Do I need it? Yes. The answer is yes. So we can also be very honest with ourselves and say, no, sometimes a deck is going to call to you. I haven't even seen the artwork yet. I don't care. It's vampire tarot. I need to own that. I'm going to, I I need that. Like, what do you mean? I don't need it. Yes, I need it. I know. I just, sometimes I just want to have it so I can look at it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like I have the um, the season of the witch and I just, I love like just looking at it. I'm like, Oh, it's so pretty. You know, it's like, Sometimes you just want yeah, it. Yeah, and artists. I mean, I collect it for the. I collect a lot of them for the art. You know, some of them I are more for my use, and others are just so gorgeous. Yeah. You know, I I have Sasha's decks, and I have the Crow Tarot. I mean, I collect decks sometimes just because I I adore the work. You know, and as far as a community for trading, I don't know if the witch community is a little better with this, but. Um, when I was uh, organizing Witchfest North, we did have tarot swaps. And um, I also had CATS, which is the uh, Coffee and Tarot Society. That's and cool. we we did swap decks that we weren't using and that, you know, maybe you'd like to do it. And, and not even just for keeping. It's just like, just let's all share, you yeah. know, our decks. And you can read with this one for a while and then I'll take this one and then we'll swap when we get bored, but they're circulating. And, uh, you know, it is a good idea. You know, I don't know, MJ, Sasha, maybe we should create some kind of uh, a, a big, uh, big tarot swap community where we can all participate. <laughs> some some librarians who are actually now lending out tarot decks, just like books, which I just mm-hmm. it made my heart sing. That's actually a good idea too, um, to approach maybe the, some of the libraries. I thought about putting out on my in front of my house a little free library, a little free tarot library. 
because oh. I have a bunch of decks. I mean, like my decks, like I have a, like, let's be clear. Like I don't sell through, like, like I have like indie versions of Vermalkin, Guardian of the Night, you know, even my, I have a few of my Crow Tarot, the very first one that I could create, like, you know, those cute little yeah. free libraries. I'm like, I should just put one of those out in front of my house. You and could, then you could make you a know. little haunted library and put yes. in like the tarot right. and witch books and all of Adorable. Oh, yes, so and then and then get all the little neighborhood kids hooked on tarot. It's like, I, it's I, like a gateway. Yes. <laughs> it is. It is. I've already peppered our little libraries in the neighborhood with my decks. You know, <laughs> and just you? put yeah, just sneak them in. But I haven't got one in front of our home. But there's a whole bunch in our neighborhood. So there's like you know me creeping around, <laughs> putting them in. That's awesome. Oh my gosh. I, I I have to uh, see. I think that they're they're pretty easy to come by. The little yeah. free libraries. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I will also say you guys do a lot. <laughs> I'm I'm like the queen of this. You do a lot, and you can do less. Um, the community who's listening to us right now, you guys can also start your own swaps. We don't have to put that also on the artists. Uh, if you guys want to do it, definitely do it. We will promote the hell out of it. But. You know, I think a lot of times, and this I see more in like the younger generation of like chronically online kids, sometimes it's this very isolating experience of like, I am the only person on the internet and Mm -hmm. the way that they interact with other people and objects as well becomes very individualized and very consumptionist. And sometimes you have to take a step back, listeners, and be like, I, I'm just going to message somebody and be like, hey, do you want to start a tarot swap? You, you, you have the access. We all have the access. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, be safe on the internet. Don't tell anybody your name. Don't tell anybody where you live. But also, if you're going to be a part of a community, you can act like part of a community. You're allowed to start your own swaps. You're allowed to reach out to people that you're interested in. There's nothing holding you back from that but yourself. And what we can do is that we can start it right here with Modern Druid because we do have a lending library, which yes. faces lending library. So I'm going to tell people that by the time this comes out, we will have a deck there. Minimum one. What deck. We're not going to say what kind of Oracle deck or tarot or letter. I'm not going to say. We're just going to have decks there. Here's the thing. Take one, leave one. There's got to be one deck that you yeah. don't want anymore, but you're hoarding it there. If you have a nice number, if you need to have 13, great. Grab one of the ones we have, bring one over there. Now you still have 13 decks. And so if we're going to be the change, then we're going to start it. We're going to, when this comes out, we're going to have decks in Modern Druid. I love that. Thank you guys for inspiring it. Yeah. I think it was your idea. I wouldn't have had it if we weren't on the podcast. I, we, we, you know, there are a few conferences that, that are also doing this. Uh, For those who go to New York or Reader's Studio, there is a swap area and a swap room and it is take one deck leave one deck and some people hang on to those real gems and just sneak them in in the second or third day so you have to keep checking back Mm -hmm. but it's really fun it's like a treasure hunt as well and uh, i think that we should all we should all think of ways to share uh, tarot and our knowledge and um, i think it's a wonderful idea and thank you gemini for for bringing that up Mm-hmm. It's my shtick is that I'm the ideas girl. <laughs> um, what I do want to also, as we are talking about like really frustrating and difficult topics, I want to give you guys an opportunity to talk a little bit about 
your contributions to tarot and why it's so important to you. Because I do think that sharing those stories can be really helpful for the people who are listening who maybe just don't don't really get it. And hearing from the person who creates the book or creates the art might be inspiring to say, you know what, I am going to go support that. I am going to go buy that real true deck and and speak out against the fake ones. If you'd like to share a little bit about how you got into this and why it's important to you, I think that would be nice. I'd I'd love to just share real quick. Um, I'm not a visual artist. So the tarot decks that I create, I literally come up with the idea. It's like kind of writing a movie script. Every card is described like a scene. And then it's brought to life by whoever's brought in to illustrate the deck. In my case, I've I've been so fortunate to work with incredible artists. But tarot, books, decks, any any way that you're working with a tarot deck is about harnessing your supernatural power. It's about evolution. It's about expanding who you are. It's about in, in investigating dark and mysterious places at its very core. It's so much fun. Like it's so much fun. And every single one of us who we can remember, like when we were into tarot, but before, like we started it, you know, how exciting it is. And, and it's such a journey and it's so unique for every person, but you, I think so many of us begin just wanting to know about boys and romance and like fun stuff and just like giggle with our friends. And, and then it inadvertently becomes a spiritual practice. It becomes a daily devotional sacred space where you're working out all of your problems. You're taking them out of your head and you're putting it. It's a, you know, tarot decks are, they're like fairy tales and movies. They're this imaginative space where you can play act and test out all of these possibilities before you take them into the real world. They're landscapes of magic. You're harnessing archetypal energy. You're bringing things into your light. It is it is, I think, one of the most profound, it's it's even more profound in a way than I think than, than movies and novels because it's something that remains evergreen. And so to be a creator of that, a facilitator of that, when something speaks to people in, in and it means something to them, and I know that it's something that they're going back to, you know, on a daily basis, I think it means everything because that's me. That's, all, you know, when I'm working with the stuff that means something to me. So that's why I love what I do. Kind of, can I touch upon that idea of them being like stories or movies? That's how I approach every one of my decks. Like, so from like Raven's Dream, there's a theme that follows it and there's stories. Like each card holds a story. And, you know, I, this idea, you know, of creating a deck that was cohesive, where you create, you're part of the character, you're you're part of the story and you learn, you become the main character in a sense, because you're traveling through the deck and every, and again, yes, it's evergreen. Every time you do a reading, you learn something new, but you also connect with the story. And I found like when I was learning tarot, I found that when I could relate like when I did the Crow Tarot, I had to think about a particular me- like moment in my time when I experienced a tower moment or when I, you know, uh, encountered the the emperor, you know, and I assigned that story to the card. And I found that it helped me learn 
And so from that moment forward, I was like, oh, every time I make a deck, there's going to be a story to each card. And then I'll illustrate that that story. Sometimes I illustrate the card first and the story sort of unfolds while I'm illustrating. I start with the character or the theme and then or the energy of that card. And then before I know it, it's almost subconscious as I'm drawing. It's like, oh, this is the story that this card has to tell me. And I'm hoping that it connects with people when they get their deck. And it is like creating 78 unique works of art that all have a line that connects them. And for me anyway, it's all about bringing that idea of story and the art together and creating something that not only is visually like stunning, every time I approach a deck, my goal is to create the best art I can create. Mm -hmm. It's like, I always try to do better with every deck. And then on top of that, embellish the story, make it better. Every deck, make a story that people will laugh. You know, I love it when people are like, oh, there's a sense of humor to this deck. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I understand that that character on that card because I've had that experience as well. You know, it's relatable. And I think that's what makes decks cherishable is when you can relate to the cards and you, you see it as not just a deck of cards, but as something that lives and breathes within us. Mm-hmm. And it becomes like a good friend, right? It's like a friend that you can talk with. You're like, Hey, how, you know, I'm, I'm struggling with this part of my life. I, I just can't figure out what, you know, what's blocking me. And then you, when you consult your deck and you look at the card, you go, Oh, wait, I pick up on something. I, I get that. And it's from that illustration. It's from reading the story. So to say like with, um, you know, like writing a script or writing a, a movie, you know, script or screenplay. I get that. That's how I approach each one of my decks. <laughs> That's, I agree with with both of you. Uh, as far as narrative and, and the visuals, I think for me, because I was making fine art and I was a graphic designer, I've been an illustrator and I've written, my spiritual practice all came together. All of these ingredients came together. And I wanted to create uh, the best art I could, a cohesive story, but also to get to shadow work Mm -hmm. because I want to create a tool of empowerment for people rather than I've been reading tarot since I was a little kid. I'm sure a lot of people have. And rather than me holding the power as a reader, because I'm also a reader I would rather you be able to delve into those archetypes and into your subconscious. And even though I am giving meaning and advice in the book, I also include reflection questions for every single card I've ever made so that you can find your own meaning in there as well. And it becomes a collaboration between me as the creator and you as uh, somebody who's using the deck to for self-discovery and for inner and outer realms um i i am a a witch that is part of my practice so i've used decks to connect with uh, spirit and ancestors as well as a lot of shadow work um, as far as jungian archetypes go and my shadowland tarot was specifically created for shadow work and yet it's very light-hearted 
because I've looked at decks that I just found a little difficult to use for an already difficult topic. <laughs> I think sometimes looking at her own, at least for me, looking in the mirror can be quite a challenge at times. So having a more lighthearted deck to do the shadow work was Hey, I know it can be a little spooky to look at some of that, but once we do and we integrate those aspects of ourselves and love ourselves for our being imperfect, uh, we can be more compassionate, I think, to others. You know, I don't mean to have lofty goals here for <laughs> an entertaining little deck of cards, but sometimes for me, there's so many layers to it. If you just like it because you like the art, great. If you like it because... Uh, you're collecting, that's fine. But if you can use it on a deeper level too, I uh, beyond just entertainment, I think that that just creates, uh, for me, just a sense of accomplishment. And uh, if there's one person out there who uses the deck and gets some value um, out of it, it just makes me really happy. I wish that our audience could be here, right? Like all, everybody on the call, because the vibes are impeccable. It's just, it's just great. I'm just like soaking this in right now. Um, I hope that you guys listening felt that the way I felt that because it's such a beautiful window into the energies of people who are doing such important work for our community. And, and so much of the witch community is tied up in divination, whether it's tarot decks or oracle decks or runes or charms or whatever. So much of the community starts with that like little kid or 13 year old or 15 year old who's picking up a deck for the first time. And it, it made me realize, and I'm so sorry, I think I stole my first deck. Um, I, so, so I just realized this. I was 13 years old and I printed a deck off of the internet and taped it to index cards so that I could learn how to read tarot. Um, and I have since gone on to be a less criminal person. <laughs> but if you're the person who's listening to this right now and you're like, crap, I have, I have a deck or somebody got me a deck or I was thinking about buying a deck that was illegal you can forgive yourself now and go get one that's better. Yeah. Go get one that's real and go get one that has these energies because I I can't I can't understand conceptually why I'm like emotional right now. I'm so sorry. I can't understand conceptually why you would want to pick up a deck that hasn't been imbued with the kind of love and passion and creativity that you guys have been talking about. And it, I, I want to, uh, I'm going to cry. I'm sorry. I, I had a baby and now I'm so emotional, <laughs> but like, it's so powerful to me, everything that you've just said. And I hope that it's powerful for our listeners too. I just want to go to that point of the energy of the cards. And I just want to say, you know, when something is made with right intentions, whether it be your, you know, if your publisher is using a printer and they, you know, everybody's doing everything that they're supposed to, right? They're, they're making the deck with good intentions. That energy is going to come through those cards. If you're buying a deck that was printed by criminals, that energy is going to come through that card. And, you know, I, I've, ha I had somebody 
send me an email um, when I pointed that out that the energy is bad, you know, saying, oh, you shouldn't say that. Well, I am going to say that because it is true. You can't, everything holds energy. And the energy of that card, if it came from a place, if it manifested from a place of ill-gotten goods, you know, it's going to hold that energy. And I like to think when I create, and I'm sure both Monica and Celestia, when you create, you're putting your love into something. You're devoting your time and your energy in a way that you want to help people. And I feel like that becomes eroded as soon as it becomes counterfeited, you know, and it, it takes, it strips it away, you know, and that's what I feel like I want people to know when you're buying a counterfeit deck, you're not getting our love. You're not getting our energy. You're getting the criminal's energy. Yeah, yeah MJ, that's, that's um, an excellent point. And I certainly wouldn't want that energy around. I've had people, you know, send me emails with my deck about things that they couldn't possibly have known while I was creating the cards to address the energy of it that only mm -hmm. I would have known energetically while creating a specific card that was not written in the guide and people have emailed me saying you know when I pulled that card it's the strangest thing. I got this feeling. I'm like going, whoa, I'm getting goosebumps just saying it. I'm going, that was the energy that MJ is addressing, that I put so much into that. And as Sasha, it doesn't matter whether it's the art or it's the whole concept or the love you're putting into your work. You're absolutely correct, MJ. That goes into the deck. I've I've gotten my own anecdotal proof from that from people who have emailed me things mm -hmm. that, like I said, they couldn't possibly have known about while I was creating the deck. So, you know, absolutely wonderful point there. Going to Sasha's point about internet hygiene, um, I can't tell you how many times I get emails from people saying, hey, did you DM me and ask me if I wanted a reading? Mm -hmm. Let me just be clear up front here. No. In fact, like if it's mind boggling how many times I've received an email from someone saying, where's my reading? I paid you all this money. And I'm like, no, you didn't, because I don't do that. Um I am over all of the, <laughs> the, mm -hmm. the counterfeit decks and all of the impersonators on Instagram. It has become absolutely insane how many people have counterfeit imposter accounts. And it's it's not just me. It's basically if you have an Instagram account and you have over 500 followers or you're in, in the spiritual uh, space, you have somebody who's counterfeiting you and trying to steal from your, your customers mm -hmm. or your followers. And it's it speaks again to the counterfeiting. It's like they're not only are they stealing our artwork, but they're stealing our reputation and they're stealing our identity. And this has to come to an end. And I'm sorry, but like, I'm no longer responding to emails where people ask me if I DM them, because at this point it's like, no, you know, it's like, and, and it's, it's frustrating because Instagram won't do anything about it. Yeah. So just have to be, you have to be smart, you know, like be smart. That's all. You know, Instagram will charge you to become verified so that you can prove that you're you when they're not doing their job to begin with <laughs> in protecting the people that are working so hard to make Instagram billions of dollars a year. Oh my God. Right. Oh yeah. God. I just, I hate them so much. It's the digital sweatshop. We're, we're in the digital sweatshop. Everybody's working I, so hard for the eyeball. Who's making all the money. Oh. Yeah, you know, I actually have that in my in my Insta profile. It just says, "I will never DM you for readings." That's part I of the profile. 
I do too, but you know what they do? They take that and they say, I will only DM you and they're fake accounts. So I, yes, I have that in mind too. I said, I will never ever DM you. MJ at crowtarot.com is the only way to contact me. Do not DM me, period. You know, and it's inevitable. I know. I just took one down last week. You just shake your phone and report it. Thank you guys so much for being on the podcast. This has been, I love this. I loved everything about it. I love you all. And I would love to have you back. Um, Before we wrap up, is there any last words that you would like to share with our audience? Um, Where can they find you? How can they buy your decks, et cetera, et cetera? I am no longer publishing my work through publishers. I am only self-publishing my decks. So going forward, all of my decks will only be published through me. And the only place you can buy them will be through me and they're pre-order only. I'm no longer ordering bulk decks. If people want my work, they're going to have to support the printing up front because my printer wants to get paid up front. And I am obviously not a millionaire. So I am just doing pre-orders only. If you like my work, I love you. <laughs> and um, you know, if you want to support my creating tarot decks, uh, there is on my website, crowtaroshop.com. So I just want to say that I'm just so grateful to be having this conversation. I think that in the face of AI and what's coming down the road, this is the beginning of a massive zeitgeist of stolen everything um, and knowing what you're doing and who you're dealing with. So it's really important. Thank you everybody for listening. Thanks you guys for having us on. Um, all of my stuff is, uh, um, you can find everything at sashagram.com that has the links to everything, my socials. Um, and and whenever I have stores where I've signed books or decks, definitely know, like I will share them on my Instagram. Hey, this is where you can get like authentic books that you know that it's safe. And you can always go straight to my publisher, either Llewellyn, uh, Los Carabeo or US Games are happy to ship to you. So yeah, so thank you so much for being here, for listening. Yes, thank you very much for uh, having this show. It's it's really important to have these discussions, and I really appreciate it. And you can always find my decks um, on my website, the self-published decks. Otherwise, you can go to Red Feather Mind, Body, and Spirit, which is uh, Schiffer Publishing. And um, I'm very approachable. If you ever need to contact me and ask me about something, if you suspect counterfeit decks, I'd be happy to talk to you about it. My my door is open. And um, yeah, I, I give readings and do signings as well, but I also put them on my Instagram account. Watch out for those imposters. Uh, the name Monica Bodierski isn't exactly easy to spell. So uh, make sure you've got the right right person. And thank you very much again for holding this. Uh, AI is a whole nother discussion. Uh, Sasha is absolutely correct. We are coming into the theft of everything. So thank you once again for uh, at least introducing this topic and making people aware of it. Thank you. I want to say thank you to to, uh, both of you for hosting this. This is this has been so much fun. And I hope we do get to do this again because I love connecting with each one of you and learning about your decks and and getting this idea of the community going i think it's just brilliant so i just want to say thank you for for taking the time to do this on a fine saturday if you guys have time next year let's talk about ai let's do that i'm that's another oof that's a yeah. scary one well that was just fantastic you know thank you one more time to monica sasha and mj for you know real talk about an important topic that affects all of us i think in the community yeah, it's really important. And I'm really grateful that we have 
sort of the people who will reach out and say, hey, we really want to have this talk. Um, if you guys are interested in anything that was said, or if you're interested in an AI conversation, or you have a topic that's you know relevant right now, reach out to us. We're more than happy to move things around in the schedule, um, especially when it's something as important as this and getting together people as interesting as this. Absolutely. Thank you so much to our amazing audience for being, of course, the most amazing audience. Thank you to Kano and Moore for our intro and outro music. And remember, if you're following the moons, you're following us. Mm -hmm.